Twitter complicates its relationship to text, and Instagram seems to have taken notice. Plus a tooltip that's going to change the way you find cool stuff online. And as always, something on the internet guaranteed to make you laugh. Coming up on the Mindset Digital Podcast. Welcome to the Mindset Digital Podcast, where we break down the latest news and ideas emerging from the intersection of social media, learning, and technology. This episode is hosted by Mindset Digital's creative director, Pete Brown. Thank you, Bria. I am Pete Brown, and I am super excited to be bringing you the very first Mindset Digital podcast. You know, podcast was the word of the year back in 2005, which was more than 10 years ago. And yet it's only recently that podcasting has started to explode. 2015 was called by many the year of the podcast. If you go online, there's many more people who are saying 2016 will actually be the year of the podcast. At either rate, it's certainly a medium that we at Mindset Digital are excited to begin exploring. We do know from some numbers from Pew that the number of Americans Americans who listen to at least one podcast a month has doubled between 2008 and 2015. I think there's a lot of reasons driving that. First and foremost, about 64% of adult Americans now are using smartphones, and that is up from 35% in 2011. You know, furthermore, a lot of data plans now are not charging audio streaming against your data limits. So, for example, my plan on T-Mobile, I can stream audio from Pandora or TuneIn Radio from a number of places where I get my podcasts, and it doesn't count against my data limit. And of course, in 2015, we saw the launch of Serial, and Serial was a hugely popular podcast from NPR. It reached 5 million downloads on iTunes in record time. It inspired a Saturday Night Live parody, and it was just a, a fantastic piece of listening. I will say our aims are much more modest for the Mindset Digital Podcast, and they have to do with something that we call the far side of simplicity, because this is a term we use a lot to describe the work that we do at Mindset Digital. It's when we take a, a complex subject and we break it down and we really strive to present it in a very clear and very straightforward way. It takes a, a whole lot of work to get to the far side of simplicity. And with this podcast, with the Mindset Digital Podcast, we want to share what that process is like for us. So on this podcast, you'll hear us talk, you know, not just about the latest developments in social media and digital communications and learning technology, but also what we're thinking about them and what our conversations around the office are about and what are the questions that we're formulating to ask of these new technologies and these new ways of communicating. We're really excited to share this conversation with you all. So let's get started. So midway through last year, 2015, the CEO of Twitter, a man named Dick Costello, stepped down. He had been CEO for about five years, but investors were really starting to suggest that the company's strategy just wasn't clear. They were starting to lose users, their revenues were down. And yet, what I found interesting about this was Jack Dorsey, who was one of Twitter's founders and who was the man who replaced Dick Costello, um, when, when he stepped in as interim CEO, one of his first statements was, there's going to be no major changes in strategy for Twitter. So in today's episode, I sit down with Briavel Schultz, and we're going to step back and take a look from the user perspective at how Twitter changed over the past year and see what that tells us about its overall direction. We also have a great conversation about Instagram, a tool recommendation from Mike the Toolman Taylor, and we're going to close with something on the internet guaranteed to make you laugh. You ready to go? Let's do this. So joining me now is Briavel Schultz. Hi, Bria. Hi. And uh, listeners will recognize your voice from the up tops. Good work there. Thank you. And you can be followed on Twitter at bval7. That's right. That's right. See, if you just nod, the listeners can't. <laughs> they actually don't know that you're <laughs> telling me I'm correct. But that's good because you're here to talk about Twitter today, correct? Yes. All right. So 
Uh, let's look back at 2015. We're in January now of 2016. So let's look at 2015. Where was Twitter uh, as a social network, user-wise? They have over 300 million users right now. Okay. And when you look back at, at what happened in 2015, what do you see the big trends with Twitter were? So the biggest trends is that it became a much more visual network. It started off as text only, only 140 characters, but now today there's so many more pictures and videos, and they've been making a lot of improvements to the way that they present pictures and videos. So for instance, um, with pictures, they used to do this weird crop on it. They wouldn't show the whole photo and they make it into this bizarre rectangle shape. But now when you upload a picture to Twitter, you see the whole photo the way it's intended to be seen. So you're seeing a lot more beautiful pictures on Twitter and that's really nice. And then they also introduced instant video play into the feeds. Now it's just when you hover over a video, it will instantly begin playing. Today I watched how to put on a scarf. Did you really? I did. Uh -huh. Nice. Yeah. Did you not know how to I do that? No, I didn't. No, I really didn't. But it, it auto-played in my feed, and now I know. So I could. I would swear that I have seen you wear scarves before. That's because it's an infinity loop, and it's automatic. You don't uh, have to do anything. That's like the clip-on tie of scarves. Exactly. Yeah, very good. So, But you would say that the new features that we saw in 2015 were all designed to enhance Twitter as a visual platform. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, what else happened in 2015? So they introduced something called Moments. And Moments is where Twitter, as a platform, curates different big moments or events or topics happening on the social media network. And it curates a whole page of the most relevant tweets, pictures, and videos so that instead of trying to see all of the tweets happening about this topic and trying to follow the conversation and are you following the right people and everything is everywhere, Instead, you can just click on the moment and you'll automatically get a, a summary of the most clever, insightful tweets about it, what celebrities had to say, what the best pictures and videos are. So how is it different than hashtag? So with a hashtag, if you search for a hashtag, you'll see everything appearing with that hashtag in real time or maybe according to the most likes or favorites that it has. But that hashtag isn't intended to give you a whole picture of what's happening. Like you could type in a hashtag and a ton of stuff would come up, but you wouldn't necessarily know what you were looking at unless you were already familiar with that topic. A moment gives you a better from beginning to end understanding of what's going on. And moments are, so they're curated, really. Right. Do you know, is it a human that curates them at Twitter, or is it programmatic, or it a little? It must be a team of people who, on Twitter's end, who are so, working. So a moment really. comes out because Twitter has decided to put a moment out there. Correct. I see. Yes. So I can't create a moment. You can't, no. no. It's been suggested. People argue that it would be really nice if we could create moments, and maybe, who knows, maybe that's something they'll look into. But at the moment, it's curated by Twitter. At the moment. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so give me some example, some examples of Twitter moments that you've experienced. Um, let's see. So for instance, when the attacks in Paris happened, mm -hmm. um, if you clicked on that moment within Twitter, you would get uh, very quickly an understanding of everything going on. And Twitter had pulled the most important tweets and videos and pictures to the front on that moment's page. And so are they always like... Uh big happenings and events or not necessarily it could just be things that are trending on twitter that are really funny um i saw one that was bad tattoos that was really entertaining so it was uh you clicked on the moment bad tattoos and you just saw all the worst tattoos that can i just done. quick question yes uh was i on there 
No, I did not see you. Okay, that's because yeah. I, have, I have a good times tattooed across my chest, but I didn't spell it right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I do have a bad tattoo, but it's not one I can discuss on a work podcast. <laughs> some some other time. You'll, you'll have to tell all your coworkers offline. Yeah, okay. right. Cool. Okay, <laughs> very good. So here's what I noticed. Two days ago mm-hmm. uh, from the day we're recording this, that's how edgy we are here. We're Instagram edgy. came out with something called Spotlight, right? And Spotlight is similar in which Instagram chooses to publish a Spotlight and they string together videos that have been published on the platform about what the subject of that Spotlight is. And so most people have said this is like Instagram's version of Twitter's moments. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to say earlier Instagram seems to have taken notice, right? So Twitter is starting to become a visual platform, Mm -hmm. and Instagram's getting a little jelly. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, if you have moments, we're going to have spotlight. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, Twitter with lots of pictures is Instagram, but without camera filters, with no Mayfair. I think, though, that the attitude of both platforms is always going to be different because with Instagram, you are always putting the best of the best of your images mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Like that, that people curate their images so carefully for Instagram because it's like it's your Hall of Fame mm-hmm. of pictures. Sure. And yeah, you with, should. You need to follow my kids, though. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not some Hall of Fame there. <laughs> exactly. A lot of video game box covers and well, makeup and, tutorials. But that's the Hall of Fame of their lives. That's right. You know, yeah. it it really yeah. is. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think also with Twitter, I'm thinking in text first. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have a witty thing I want to say, and then I think, and what visual can go with this? Right. And I don't know if that's just because I. That's how I started using Twitter. If I'll ever think here's a great picture, I need to put it on Twitter. But with Instagram, it's it's more about here's something I see right now. It's how I see the world. Right. And Twitter gives you a little more of what you think about what's happening in the world. And that could be text. Right. Could be an image. Could be video. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still feel like Twitter is more immediate. Mm-hmm. Like with Instagram, I, I really like this is what that's... Tweets are more throwaway? I think so, yes, because the half-life of a tweet is so short. I think it's like... Oh, I need to look this up. But I think it's around... It's, it's around like 30 minutes or less mm-hmm. than. Whereas Instagram, if you... I mean, that's... That, I, I feel like Instagram has a longer shelf life. Yeah. And Twitter. Yeah. So With, if I tweet something, yeah. pretty much within the first 30 minutes, it's seen the light of day as much as it's going to see it. Right, exactly. But with Instagram, when I see an interesting picture, I'm far more likely to click on your account and scroll through everything that you've published there. Right. Uh-huh. So you want to be careful that your pictures are, well, if you're trying to attract a fan base and grow an audience, yeah. then you want to make sure that the quality of your pictures are really, really good. Mm. But like you said, with mm. Twitter, it's how clever are you, how funny are you, how poignant are you? Yeah. So we really have uh, sort of disassembled and disabused me of the notion that Twitter with images is just Instagram. <laughs> well, well, no, but I think I think you do have to dig into it, and I don't know how much I don't I don't know how much people think about like I want to use this platform for this kind yeah, of thing. That's this right. Platform for this kind that's of right. Thing. Because I've yeah. got I've got you know about a thousand followers on Twitter. Are you at, serious? At Pete Brown says, that's please follow awesome. me. And so, of course, when I have something to say, that's where I'm going to go. On Instagram, I have 14, right? <laughs> seven of whom work here and seven of whom are related to me. <laughs> but, but you've also put the most time and energy into Twitter, yeah. and that's why your audience yeah. reflects that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So uh, before you go, mm-hmm. I looked up the top most used emojis on Twitter okay. for 2015. 
Cool. So I'm going to quiz you. I'm going to ask you to guess what you think the number one most used emoji was. Okay. The number one? Mm -hmm. And it's not a smiley face. I'm, I'm giving you no clues. Huh. Well, let's, I don't know if this is the number one, but I recently read that the key emoji has been trending a lot everywhere. Like people like to shorthand things like eight keys to accept, to success, but mm. instead they'll say eight yeah. emoji key. Uh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. When you put a little um, webding <laughs> in your email subject lines, your open rates actually go up about 20%. Yeah, free wow. tip. We're not even talking about email in this, this episode. Hmm. Okay, so the number one is the smiley face that is laughing so hard there's tears coming out of its eyes. <laughs> good. So that's that one's good. Yeah. Uh, number two mm -hmm. is the smiley face with two big hearts for eyes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then number three is the smiley face. It's not a smiley face. It's actually crying and there's a pool of tears below it. <laughs> right? So what do you think this says about us? I think, you know, I'm like, we like to laugh. We like to cry. Well, no, I mean, it. I think it says that we really, really, really love funny stuff. So we appreciate that. So that's where the laughing so hard that you're crying. And we really, really, really love cute stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where the hearts come from. And then there's just so much bad news <laughs> that, that the news likes to bring out in front of us. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of with pools of tears with pools of tears but if something yeah. horrible happens on the news and perhaps this is the the generational difference between me uh -huh. and for example my kids i don't think i could ever say this awful thing happened emoji crying in my own pool of tears you what? know like yeah. I, I feel yeah. like to, to do the dignity to whatever the awful event was i need to think of something thoughtful to say about it hmm. in text well and that's a good point i don't know I don't necessarily know if the crying pool of tears is for terrible events. It could just be things like I dropped my ice cream on the floor. Have you ever used it? Hard. No. You've never used it? No. If you had dropped your Taco Bell on the floor today, <laughs> probably shouldn't have put that out there. You had Taco Bell. It it's a small so office, though. Everyone knows. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Bria Bell. Well, this clearly went over three minutes, but okay. I think we're going to have some good stuff in here. Excellent. So thanks for joining me, and I'm looking forward to hearing you on the outro. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. All right. Tool time. Okay, Mike. So this is our first tool time segment, and I'm super excited about it. I know here around the office, every week you hold a mini seminar, and you kind of let us know about tools that you use. Uh, I was reading an e-learning blog called Train Like a Champion earlier this year, and there was a blog post, and the headline was, would you rather read dozens of magazines or follow this one guy? And it was actually a post about you because you're so active on Twitter and sharing good content about learning that you find, right? Right, and uh, unlike most of the time, I didn't even have to pay Brian for that blog post, so yeah. that was very, very nice. Excellent, budget friendly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, but here, here's what here's what I liked about it was I have been following you on Twitter and obviously your other channels, and I'm always like, how does he find find this stuff? Where does he find the time to find all of this? And, right. And so, uh, what do you got for me? So, so part of it is you know I'm naturally curious and. You know, learning is, comes naturally to me and energizes me, but I don't want to get stuck spending all day. So I want to be efficient and be smart about it. And so, you know, one of the things that some of this new technology enables us to do is sort of flip the traditional model of, of reading and finding new information in your field from one where, you know, I've got to go to website A and I've got to look, oh, there's nothing new there today. Then I go to the next website. It's just really time consuming and laborious. And I think is a, a reason a lot of people don't do it. Mm -hmm. 
so something like Feedly, which we'll talk about here, is a feed reader, and it lets you sort of flip that 180 degrees. So you subscribe to those sites that you're interested in, and everything comes to you in one place. At some point, you can start to organize those into folders based on topical. Maybe you have personal, maybe you have work, whatever your whatever your slices of that uh, consumption is. And it's amazing the efficiency gain that you can get. And uh, you know, it's on your time, it's on your terms. It's not flooding your inbox. And so it's just a to me, it's almost a life changing way to kind of consume and keep up on your field. So Feedly is it's is it at feed.ly? Feedly.com. Feedly.com. Yeah, okay. It's old school. Okay, so feedly.com, and it's basically an aggregator, like an RSS. Absolutely. But uh, you got me up and running on it this week. It's hugely visual. Yes. Right? Yes, so there's several different so. layouts. Yeah. So, so you have some control over list versus thumbnail versus what they call a magazine. So, so you have some control of that, which is another nice thing. Yeah, and so then I had certain blogs that I read regularly. I just typed them in, and I could immediately add them. Right. Uh, then there was areas where I just put in a subject and I saw what they offered. And if right. something looked interested, I could add that too. Right. So, Absolutely. Uh, I've been hugely impressed with the visual design of the site. Right. Because that's a ton of information, but it's very clean. And so it's easy to scan through and decide what you want to read. Right. So so it's super nice. It's super comfortable. Uh, I actually prefer the experience on my iPad. So they've got uh, mobile apps for, for phone and tablets. But yeah, it's, a, it's nice and it's clean. And like I said earlier, it's really on your terms. And so you use Feedly for consuming that stuff. And then in our next podcast, we're going to talk about how you share it out from there efficiently. Right. So yeah. that's another thing. There's nice integration. So whether you want to save it for later, mm -hmm. you want to organize it maybe in some bookmarks or whatever that kind of be so you can find it later. Uh, or if you want to share it out on LinkedIn and social media and Twitter and other places too. Yeah. So there's just some really nice integrations. Yeah. I will say, you know, I started to get into RSS like 2005 when Google Reader first came out and I started to understand what it was and how it could help me. I used Google Reader for years. I wasn't a power user, but yep. I, I, it, I just used it. It yep. was just part right. of my work. It was really great. Yeah, and then it shut down. And so would you say Feedly is really the best replacement that we've had for it? Yeah, I've tried a lot. You know, I'm always looking yeah. for, you know, especially at that time when it shut down, what, what's going to take its place because, you know, that was such a valuable concept to me that I didn't want to lose it. I think Feedly is probably far and away the biggest, most popular replacement. You know, there are others that people like. The Flipboard is one. Mm -hmm. And Tons of others if you do a search, but uh, but yeah, I think it's by far away the largest. Yeah, and I've used Flipboard, and I like it for subjects I'm personally interested in, and when I want that sort of magazine feel. Yeah. Right. But when I'm at work and I really need to see quickly what right. lots of people in my field are saying, I've really been impressed with Feedly's ability to serve that up for me. Yeah, I think I think there may be a distinction there. Feedly, once you cross a certain maybe volume, you're subscribing to a certain number of things. Flipboard kind of loses its its appeal. If you're just starting out. Maybe you're not following that many things. Flipboard is a nice magazine-type experience. Flipboard is really great for um, Twitter lists mm -hmm. because the experience in Flipboard with a Twitter list is is much better than a normal Twitter list. So right. just depends on, on what you're doing and what, what you prefer. Nice. All right. That was our first Tool Time segment. How do you think it went? I get excited about this stuff, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm highly biased, so I think it's one wonderful stuff. Nice. All right. Well, uh, again, follow Mike at tmiket on Twitter and check out his Twitter lists because he has pretty good lists of uh, people who share compelling content. Right? And some lists that Pete Brown is on. Am I am I on one? Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, thanks for coming. Thank you. Something on the internet that makes me laugh. Okay, so 
Joining me now is Becca, the millennial. Hi, Becca. Hi, Pete. Let me tell you why you're here. I'm super excited about this uh, this feature because we're going to try it out. It's called Something on the Internet Guaranteed to Make Me Laugh. And I do not know what you're going to show me, mm-hmm. okay? And you have looked for it, and you're going to find it. I'm going to look at it, and I will laugh or not laugh. And if I don't laugh, you can explain to me why it's funny and I don't understand it. Okay. Which is hugely, hugely possible, okay? So what do you got for me? Okay, so no explaining. Yeah, you can explain it, but you can say, where, where, where are we going on the internet? Okay, so we are on theatlantic.com. Okay. And this is from September, so it's a little bit older. But So I guess there was a blog post where, and I'm going to paraphrase here because it has um, some Bad non-work points. language, um, but he argued that you could take any New Yorker cartoon and replace with, geez, what a jerk. So... Wait a second. So a blogger came up with this idea that no matter what cartoon was in the New Yorker, you can happily caption it, Christ, what an a-hole. Correct. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there goes the PG rating on the podcast. I, I, is, I said, so, geez, what a jerk. Okay, so I'm looking at one, and it looks like a party in a, in a fancy apartment. People are standing around with drinks, and there's a guy in a scuba suit, <laughs> and underneath it says... Christ, what an a-hole. That is hilarious. Okay. So Hang then, on. Is there more? Yes. No, wait. So okay. it gets way better. So now they argue that you can add hi. I'd like to add it to my <laughs> professional <laughs> network on LinkedIn. That is fantastic. <laughs> so now we're looking at uh, a doctor doing a sonogram on a pregnant woman. And on the monitor is a picture of a guy. <laughs> and it says, hi, I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. Wow, that is fantastic. Wow, you did it. I did it. I made you laugh. And it made me laugh. And uh, we will put links to this in the show notes. And I think it will make you laugh. So now I'm looking at a cartoon (laughs) of an old man sitting on the side of a pool with his feet in the water. And there's a woman in the pool holding up a painting canvas. And it says, hi, I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. Let me ask you this. Do you think coming up with phrases that could serve as funny captions for any New Yorker cartoon will become a meme? Ooh. Uh, no, because I think the generation that makes memes does not read the New, the New Yorker. Mm. Do you read the New Yorker? No, I do not. <laughs> Did anyone have to explain to you what New Yorker cartoons were? Luckily, I had that knowledge. Yeah, because they're usually pretty stuffy and highbrow. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, and I knew that too, but yeah. no, I don't think. You either memes. laugh at them and like you feel good because you got the joke, <laughs> or you feel stupid and you laugh at them just so that... <laughs> Nobody knows that you don't quite get the joke. <laughs> it's the last one we're looking at is a man, and he's down on his knees saying his prayers at night, and it says underneath, Hi, I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. Back of the Millennial, this is fantastic work. Thanks, Pete. This is the best work I've seen you do in your six months here. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, no worries. All right, so we're going to have you back, because I think this went really well. How do you think it went? I think it went well. I was worried you weren't going to laugh, so I'm very happy with yeah, this. Yeah, no, this, is, this, this was just great work. Something on the Internet, guaranteed to make you laugh with Back of the Millennial. Thanks, Becca. Thanks, Pete. My thanks to Bria Schultz, Mike Taylor, and Becca Anderson for taking part in today's show. In the show notes, you'll find more information on everything we discussed today. And if you liked what you heard, please do let us know by leaving a positive review on iTunes or on Stitcher or whatever service you use for your podcast listening. If you have questions or ideas for future shows, reach out to us at podcast at Mindset Digital. For everyone here at Mindset Digital, I'm Pete Brown. Good times. Mindset Digital Podcast is brought to you by Mindset Digital. We bring workforces up to speed in our fast-forward digital world. Check us out on LinkedIn at MindsetDigital.com or follow us on Twitter at Mindset Digital. Have questions, comments, or ideas about the podcast you want to share with our team? 
send them to podcast at mindsetdigital.com. This episode was produced by Pete Brown, Jessica James, and me, Bria Bell Schultz. If you liked today's show, please let us know by leaving us a positive review in iTunes. <laughs>